You're listening to Athleisure Kitchen, where you'll get the inside scoop with those in the culinary world from celebrity chefs, food personalities, restaurateurs, and more. I'm your host, Kimmy Smith of Athleisure Mag, so set an extra plate as we chat all things culinary. On today's episode of Athleisure Kitchen, we sit down with Athleisure Mag's December cover, Kat Cora, the first female Iron Chef, restaurateur, and TV personality. We talked about Kat's phenomenal career, great advice that she received from her mentor, Julia Childs, how she goes about deciding on what her next projects will be, her wife, Nicole, and family life, and of course, she gives us the scoop on some of her favorite dishes from her restaurants. This episode, as well as our photo shoot for the 48th issue of Athleisure Mag, took place at 498 West End Avenue, 12A, via our friends at the Louise Phillips Forbes Halstead team. We are so appreciative that you're here that by the time this episode drops, you're also our December cover girl for Athleisure Mag. Yes. And, you know, being on our episode of uh, Athleisure Kitchen is so exciting. What was the moment that you realized that you wanted to be a chef? I think that I really realized that when I was about 15 or 16 years old, and I really had always been around restaurants. My grandfather had restaurants. My godfather had restaurants. I had, you know, amazing cooks. My father, my mother, my grandmother all around me cooking you know different things my mom and grandmother could bake and they were cooked you know very global cuisine and my dad was greek american so we learned greek food and and then of course i lived in the south in Mm -hmm. mississippi so we had good southern food and i think that being around restaurants my whole life really growing up around them i just feel like it was in my dna so about 15 i thought you know i really want to do this Mm -hmm. i love this the vibe and the energy of a restaurant and kitchens and i think i want to you know go in and pursue this uh, you know this you know lifestyle and 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 this way of living you know through my career and so I just thought that this would be perfect for me and you know again I just felt like I was really in a way this may sound a little corny but kind of born to do this mm-hmm. I love that so like what where did you train where did you go to school what were the kitchens you worked in prior to opening your first restaurant well, I started in, um, you know, cooking in, first I went to, you know, university. So I mm-hmm. went to the University of Southern Mississippi in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and got a degree in exercise physiology and nutrition wow. with a, a minor in, you know, biology. And I really thought I was going to go into pre-med and then really took a detour because I loved, you know, um, health and wellness so much that I thought this is really great. I love this. I'm, I'm very fitness and health oriented. So it was a perfect fit for me. And then, You know, really after graduation, I backpacked around Europe to about nine countries and, you know, just again, fell in love with food again, Mm. you know, and and going back home, I said, you know, I think I want to, I know I have this degree, it's great to fall back on, but I think that I really want to go back to that first love and that's food and um, restaurants. And so I started working in restaurants um, and started training to really go to to the Culinary Institute of America. Mm -hmm. I was lucky enough to meet Julia Child at a, who became a mentor of mine at Natchez, Mississippi at a book signing, which was, you know, I I kind of felt like that was the plan that's somewhat aligning for Mm -hmm. me. And um, then I, you know, went to see her, visited her, was able to get some advice from her and mentoring. And, you know, she told me to go to the Culinary Institute of America. She said it's the Harvard of culinary schools Mm -hmm. and I applied 
pretty much the next day. Oh my gosh. And ended up going going there and graduated with honors and then went to France and cooked in two three-star Michelin restaurants at a time when re- women weren't really allowed in French kitchens. Mm-hmm. They weren't welcome there. And that was about 20 years ago, so it wasn't that long ago. But mm-hmm. I got, you know, eight rejection letters, 10 rejection letters in a row from three-star Michelin chefs and finally got two, one from Georges Blanc and one from Roger Verger, who were legendary mm-hmm. chefs. And um, I took both of them. I said, there's no way I can choose because one does very classical French, one does Nouvelle Cuisine, which is a newer French style. And so I took both. And, you know, one was in the, you know, um, know, the south of France, one was in the northern part of France, very different regions as well, and foods and Mm -hmm. ingredients. And it was just a, you know, an experience that I would never um, change for the world. It was very, very tough, you know, especially Mm -hmm. being a female. I was one of the only, I think I was the only female in the kitchen at the time. And, um, but... And it, it was a it was a very daunting for a lot of chefs. A lot of chefs wouldn't even do that, mm-hmm. even male chefs, because yeah. it was they knew French kitchens, especially at three star Michelin level, are very, you know, distinguished mm-hmm. and very tough. Um, but I did it, and I got through it, and came back to the U.S. Um, to a lot of offers, job offers, and um, I settled in New York for a little while longer. Mm-hmm. So I was here a total of about five or six years when I finally decided, you know, I think I'm going to go to Napa Valley. I got a job offer there as an executive chef in a restaurant called Don Giovanni's and I took it and you know the rest is really history because I just started working in um, kitchens and, and you know as an executive chef and then just worked my way up into owning my own company mm-hmm. I decided I want to work for myself and be an entrepreneur which mm-hmm. I kind of always had that entrepreneurial spirit and so I did that and started my own company called Catcore Inc and um, you know started you know TV by chance you know sort of got an offer from the Food Network by mm-hmm. chance because I was on a local show at yep. the time. I opened Postino as an executive chef and partner, and I, I went to San, it was in the Bay Area, and so I went to San Francisco, did this little local show there, and um, I sent that tape to the Food Network thinking, nah, you know, I'll mm-hmm. just send it, see what happens, and they called me a month later to audition for my own show and to do guest appearances, mm-hmm. and that was in 1999. Yeah. And I've been doing, uh, you know, TV ever since, so about 20 years of television and it's been amazing it's just been such an incredible journey Um, and you know being able to do various things in this industry is such a gift and a blessing because Mm -hmm. I feel like that um, you know I love having restaurants and I love doing television and creating Mm -hmm. and you know my wife and I now Nicole who's an amazing producer in her own right she's you know um, we're, we're starting to get behind the camera some too and do yep. some of those in creating shows and producing and I think it's just uh, you know cookbooks and all of the things that go with this this world is so heady and yep. beautiful and it's just been such a you know like I said it's been such a blessing and then you know, here I am. Here I am with you guys, and just wow. this has been great. You know, it's, doing this photo shoot, your magazine is so beautiful, oh, and being able to you. to do high fashion shoots like this is mm-hmm. something I, I love. I love fashion. I love jewelry. Mm-hmm. I love styling yep. and and having that. You know, from head to toe, mm-hmm. whether it's 
you know, to a pair of sunglasses, yep. like we talked about, down to yep. the shoes, everything Absolutely. in between. Mm-hmm. It's just so exciting to me, and, and I love fashion, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's this is so this has been such a blast. I mean, it's been such a good fit, just on so many levels, yes. and just seeing the, the trailblazing career that you've had. I mean, I remember as a kid watching, thinking, wow, like, I, obviously, women cook, we, we know this, but to be in front of the camera like that, especially just the first female Iron Chef, and I remember yes. watching that, just thinking, oh my God, I would have never thought that someone would have done that. And to consistently see you doing so many things, and then to hear that Julia Childs was a mentor yes. of yours, what was the best advice that she gave you that you still use today, even when you're just doing all these things in your empire? I think the best thing that she ever told me was to always pay it forward, Yeah, you know, no matter what you do. And, you know, my parents really taught me that in a different way. They taught me they were always giving back to people, even though they didn't have, you know, my mom was a nurse, my dad was a school teacher teacher and we didn't have a lot of money but they always gave back to people um and you know in charitable ways and I think that that was really ingrained in me Mm and in my siblings and at a really young age and then when I met Julia she said the same thing I mean she was so generous with her time Mm -hmm. and her advice and so so much uh nurturing that she did with me that I think the the one thing she said is that you know I did this for you now you pay it forward when you go out in the world so she you know I think that she had a she saw a passion in me that Mm -hmm. you know I really you know this is really what I'm meant to do this is my destination you know Mm -hmm. and my my fate and I think she believed in that and I think that she was really like now you're going to take that message and go out in the world and do the same thing that I did and that was pretty powerful for me and I've done that ever since you know we have a you know women's empowerment we have a culinary internship that we're we've Mm -hmm. started um where we take one intern a year and we they come to my house they are really embedded in Mm -hmm. our, our company our lives for a week and um, they they stay with us. We cook together. They come and they spend time in some of my restaurants. We spend time, you know, Nicole and I on the business end of mm-hmm. it as well, teaching them business skills yeah. and what we do as a business mm-hmm. and how to run a business. Yeah. And I think that's important in this day Absolutely. and age um, that you have a, a business sense as well as that creative mm-hmm. or go hand in hand. Yeah. Um, and so I think that, you know, that that has been really powerful. I have Chefs for Humanity that I started uh, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is um, all about emergency feeding relief. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about you know helping you know end hunger mm-hmm. in the world and fight hunger. Um, and it's also about you know nutritional education. And so we are kind of a threefold mission, and mm-hmm. that's been really amazing. We did programs with Michelle Obama mm-hmm. when she was in the when she was in the White House, and. Um, you know, I spent some time with the Obamas as well, and and they were so about creating programs that yeah. was, that bettered everybody. Mm-hmm. Whether it was school, you know, feeding, you know, uh, chefs move to school, let's move, which was getting the country mm-hmm. active when yep. they were we were having a we were having an obesity epidemic, yeah. um, and other things, other initiatives. And so we've done multiple things, not only here in the U.S. but globally. And so those are the kinds of things. And I think that I pay it back. You know, I try to pay it back every day mm-hmm. to young professionals that are looking to, you know, for advice. I mean, you know, in our social media, we have constant questions about, can you mentor me on here? Can you answer this question mm-hmm. for me? Can you give me advice and direction and, you know, where to go to culinary school or what road do I take now or what's the next step? And so we're constantly, I feel like I'm constantly um, love giving advice to people and helping them understand the next step, yeah. you know, the way that Julia helped me, mm-hmm. you know, because my next step, basically, she just took me by the hand and said, your next step is you go to the Culinary Institute of America, you know, and get a, you know, culinary degree. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then 
and I was able to tell her again, you know, later that I was going to France and that I had finished culinary school and I was able to kind of be come mm-hmm. full circle with Absolutely. her. Absolutely. Yeah. But she must have been so proud about that. Yeah, she was. She um, was very happy. How would you define your style of cooking? I would say very Mediterranean oriented. You know, I mean, I can cook almost anything. Right. I mean, at this point in my career, and I mean that in a very humble way. Mm-hmm. It's just that, you know, I've been trained in many, especially with Iron Chef. I, I think I, every single battle that I did, I did some different cuisine. And yeah. So that taught, you know, they gave me a, an ability to research and really understand that cuisine and that region and that country. And so I got really adept at like different cuisines and throughout my career, whether it's, you know, Asian, Italian is, you know, obviously I grew up in the Greek, you know, yep. Greek Southern, you know, um, um, heritages and I think that you know different you know cuisines from around the world I love to learn so much about each one of those mm-hmm. you know and learn more and more I'm like you know I feel like it's just like a sponge and wanting to learn more and being curious about things and I think that that keeps you gives you an edge and it keeps you on your toes it's mm-hmm. always always have a curiosity about mm-hmm. the about something else yeah. you know because you're never finished learning exactly. you know and I'm never done learning you know and I think that um but I would have to say that if I had to answer that question and what is my soul food I would mm-hmm. say it's Mediterranean food yeah um it's foods of the sun you know mm-hmm. and, and really living that lifestyle it's like the Mediterranean diet is the healthiest diet on the planet we know yeah. that research has shown that um extra virgin olive oil and you know fruits and vegetables and lean meats and you know those types of things are all things that you know would fit lots of fish with mm-hmm. all the omega oils yeah. and you know is really what I grew up on mm-hmm. even though we were in the south yeah. and yeah we indulged in southern food too mm-hmm. and good fried catfish and okra <laughs> and biscuits and yep. all that um but mostly I grew up on the Mediterranean diet wow. and whether you steamed artichokes and olive oil and lemon and mm-hmm. lots of citrus and things like that and it's so good for you and I think that it just you know those types of food really um draw me in you know mm-hmm. it keeps bringing me back to that my, back to my roots yeah. and you know it's very strong um in the way that I cook you know I kind of mm-hmm. cook from a Mediterranean perspective in that way I mean I could eat hummus every day like yeah. obsessed I think I do eat hummus every day. It's so good. So what are your three favorite ingredients that you love having on hand? Just anytime in your own kitchens, you and Nicole, the kids. Yeah. I mean, I always have citrus. I always have a big bowl of citrus. So I pull from citrus for a lot of things. I always finish dishes with a little squeeze of lemon or lime or tangerine or whatever it is, depending on what I'm cooking and the style of food I'm cooking. Mm -hmm. I think I'd have to say that. Definitely garlic is a big part of our cooking. I cook with garlic every day yeah and it's so good for you it's so so heart healthy Mm -hmm. um and i'd say probably good extra virgin olive oil i mean those are pretty three staples that are you'll always see in my kitchen you're never not going to see great good extra virgin olive oil and it doesn't have to be expensive i know that it's uh, you know it's a little uh, mind-boggling how many olive oils there are to choose from these days but i think if people look for extra virgin always because Mm -hmm. that's the first press so you're going to get the most nutrients and you look for cold pressed Mm -hmm. which means that there's no heat in the processing of it um, because that takes away the nutrients. Mm-hmm. All those nutrients you're trying to get yeah. takes away from that. Yeah. So I think those are two, you know, tips for your for listeners that they can they can go to when they're picking olive oils out. But I think those are pr- probably, if I had to say, three staples. Those are the three staples. Mm. So what when you first created your first restaurant, what was that like? Were you like so excited? Were you scared? Were there things that you were just really concerned about? I mean, that's so different leading from other people's kitchens to really getting to own your own space. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that when I opened my first restaurant, Cuisina, and that was in 2008, it was three years after I started Iron Chef because I started Iron Chef in 2005. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we went for season, a lot of seasons. Yeah. <laughs> they were still going, you know, still playing, you know, all the reruns mm-hmm. are playing. But I think 2008, I started my first restaurant at Disney mm-hmm. on the boardwalk in Orlando, yep. and it was called Cuisina by Kakora, which mm-hmm. Cuisina is kitchen for in Greek. Yep. And it was this gorgeous restaurant. Um, I You've been there, so you know you remember it. Yes. So I mean, we just had, we had a wood burning oven, and and we did we had this olive oil, um, an olive oil bar mm-hmm. where we poured the different olive oils that we get from all over, you know, Greece, and so I mean, it was just a gorgeous restaurant, and I think that was really my first, and and I was nervous but super excited, mm-hmm. like I really did things you know differently, a little unorthodox than most chefs. Most chefs start their first restaurant, right. and they build from there. They get right. their TV show, their books. Mm-hmm. I kind of did it the opposite and I think it just the way life fell and I, I think it was better for me it was better fit for me to go ahead and do television um, I got all the experience I got a, a lot of experience with a lot of amazing chefs mm-hmm. um, in my when I was coming up in the industry and was able to really hone my style if you mm-hmm. will and, and who I was my identity as a chef and then went on and created my company started television did cookbooks things like that I kind of did it all and then had a restaurant exactly but that worked and that was obviously the plan you know the higher plan Um, and I think that was really amazing so I was really and I I think I would have to say that I was in a, a place where I was more mature mm-hmm. um, much more seasoned yeah I was ready to take on multiple you know multiple multiple responsibilities mm-hmm. um, and juggle a lot of things at one time because I had that experience mm-hmm. and um, I had an amazing partner in Disney yeah um, because you know I think when you're picking partners and day-to-day operators you have to pick brands that are amazing brands that you know they're they always want to succeed yeah. their goal is to be the best yep. their standard of excellence and quality is mm-hmm. as high as can get yeah which Disney is mm-hmm. and I still have a great relationship with Disney today and it's just been really and we've done multiple things you know along the years and um, I think that it was just such a fantastic way for me to start mm-hmm. my restaurant Wow I, I think what's really interesting is just looking at your restaurants if you think of it as like a portfolio yes I mean, you have the different resorts you, you did I, I want to say almost like a curated version of a restaurant with um, Weight Watchers at yep. the Barclays it's the Barclays Center. Um, and then your partnership with Aramark, which is yes. just like it's beyond ridiculous. Yes. How do you go about saying, these are the types of restaurants that I want to do. These are the types of partnerships. I mean, you spoke that a little bit, but mm-hmm. I mean, you have such a massive group under you that when I was talking to people, like, we didn't know she had that many restaurants. I yeah. Like, no, she's really like out there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out there. And I think that, you know, I, again, you know, um, I had this amazing um, mentor, another mentor, Reginald Washington, who started my first restaurant in Disney World. Wow. And he was with me when we started that. And then he left to go to HBF, mm-hmm. Jose Branded Foods, which now owns my airport, com- all my airport restaurants Yay. that I have. Mm-hmm. And so he called me and said, you got to do airport restaurants with us. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't resist. And, and we've done some amazing like, six rest- airport restaurants around the country. Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of expanded and began expanding. And then I, you know, have my partnership with, I have my partnership with Aramark and we've done, you know, these beautiful standalone restaurants, 
and corporate dining, but also mm-hmm. 500 pop-ups, 600 pop-ups around the country as yeah. well. Um, and then Mesa Burger, which is in Santa Barbara, mm-hmm. Montecito, and Goleta, and we're moving out. We're going to expand that out and, you know, go all over the country. And um, so it just continues to, mm-hmm. to be beautiful. I had my restaurant in Singapore that was just phenomenal, and it was really great to have an international presence. Yeah. Um, and I learned a lot from that experience, and it was just such a it's such a beautiful restaurant. So there's just, you know, these really amazing things that continue to grow, mm-hmm. and it's so organic. It happened so organically from the very beginning. The Disney restaurant was really an organic yeah. thing that happened, and, mm-hmm. and then it just expanded from there, and, and I like that. And I also love the idea of putting restaurants. Yes, I can, you know, we've done standalone. We're doing standalone restaurants as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also love the idea of, you know, building restaurants in the landscape of America in places where um, it, we, you, were, you were really, whether it's an airport or you're an amusement park or you're in some place that, you know, you're in a national park, mm-hmm. you're in a corporate dining, places where people really needed yeah. healthy cuisine. Absolutely. You know, and you were a little bit at the mercy of whatever was there. Yeah. Uh, Stadiums, for Mm -hmm. instance, they've changed dramatically, as you've seen. And now you can get healthier options. But I like that. I like going into the landscape of America and putting restaurants in unexpected places Mm -hmm. where people are like, wow, I can get like a healthy meal here. You know, when I'm watching a concert or I can go to a a baseball game and get a great healthy meal or I can be in the airport traveling. And Mm -hmm. if my flight gets delayed, I can go to Cat Horse Kitchen and sit there and have an incredible breakfast. And if I wanted a healthy breakfast, I could. If I wanted a healthy lunch or dinner, I could. So I think that it's giving people that um, access to health and wellness and and a foundation that, you know, you really don't even, we don't even say we're a health and wellness restaurant. We just are, we just, our foundation is based on health and wellness Mm -hmm. and we just cook great food and delicious food. Oh my God. That's amazing. That's really where for me, I felt like I was given a service that um, really I wanted to give, but it was very unexpected. Like I said, it just happened so organically that I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. Because when I was traveling, before I had airport restaurants, I couldn't get an egg white omelet anywhere. Um, And now that's what I offer to people. But you can also get an American breakfast, Mm -hmm. whatever you wanted to get, you can get it. But I also offer something, a healthy option. And I think that that was what was missing in some of these places. Absolutely. It's funny because your restaurant at Disney was the first one that let me understand the depths of olive oil. Yeah. Because I mean, coming from the Midwest, I didn't really know a lot about that. And mm-hmm. then going there, I was like, oh my God. And it really started making me think of like all of these different specialties. So yeah. thank, thank you. you. I appreciate that. <laughs> That's what we were thank hoping you. to do. <laughs> <laughs> If you're enjoying today's episode with Kat Cora on Athleisure Kitchen, we suggest that you go to Athleisure Mag and see her entire photo shoot as the cover of Athleisure Mag's 48th issue. In addition, check out more episodes of some of the great interviews that we have had during season one of Athleisure Kitchen, which is a part of Athleisure Studio, our podcast network. You'll hear from Gail Simmons of Top Chef and what it's like to judge the show. Chef Marcus Samuelson shares the importance of Harlem Eat-Up, and Tommy Tardy of the Flatiron Room shares information about the whiskey lockers that are available and on display at this whiskey destination. With a number of episodes to binge, make sure that you're following us on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and rate us on Apple Podcasts or your preferred listening platform.
like asking people what their three favorite signature dishes are at their restaurant. You have so many. So what is your yeah. favorite restaurant Ooh. or a restaurant that you're going to step forward with at the moment and three signature dishes that our readers need to check out? Oh, well, I mean, I definitely think that, you know, if you're ever in Santa Barbara or anywhere near Santa Barbara, you just want to fly in just for this. Right. It's worth it <laughs> to go to Mesa Burger mm-hmm. um, or Montecito or any of those areas. Um, we have an amazing craft burgers. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, you know, our signature is probably the Montecito burger, which mm-hmm. is just this chefy burger that's you know got a truffle aioli on it very umami yumminess mm-hmm. you know um but we also have just great you know craft burgers brioche buns yumminess we also have a one of the best vegan burgers you'll ever have mm. and we also do gluten-free buns so we kind of cater or we'll do a lettuce wrap around yeah. the burger so i think that's a great fun place to go mm-hmm. great craft beers and wines and things and just have fun mm. um i think cat course kitchen you got to try my spicy tomato soup with um, grilled cheese croutons mm. delicious in wow. any of the airports you're going through mm-hmm. and then I have my um, Wicked Eats and Olilo concepts that are more of Mediterranean bowls mm-hmm. so you can get quinoa or you can get a salad or you can get like a pita and some yeah. of them and you just put it you know with different toppings and you know sauces and things I mean I love the salmon bowl with all of that you know some of the quinoa and lettuce and mm-hmm. some of the different sauces and toppings on it are wow. so delicious very healthy as well it's very health forward Mm-hmm. Um, but so delicious that you won't even you won't even care. Exactly. You won't even care. You'll just know that it's delicious and yummy. Wow. So, yeah, those were some of the cool things we've been doing. Mm-hmm. Well, I love, in addition to that, you have been on so many TV shows. My personal favorite was Around the World in 80 Oh, thank you. Love that, love that show. That was fun show. shooting it, too. I can only imagine. <laughs> and obviously being in, like, Top Chef and all these judging positions, you know, did you, even though your career came together in a nice way, did you ever say to yourself, well, my brand is X, and these are the things that I'm going to be targeting in order to go forward. Um, I think you always have to be strategic mm-hmm. in the way that you're going to represent your brand, yeah. and it, you know, making sure that what you do moves the needle. Yeah, but you're also conscious. Yeah, you know, because I think that's important as being very conscious in business mm-hmm. as well as in social consciousness as well and I think that that's really important to us I think that you know my philosophy with restaurants and food is always about sustainability Mm -hmm. it's very important health and wellness obviously and then you know really making sure that um, we're taking care of people we're taking care of the earth Um, and I think in business it's really about being having integrity yeah um, having morals Mm -hmm. being honest being kind mm-hmm. um, and sometimes that's hard to do because it is business yeah. and you do um, you know have a difference of opinion sometimes with your partners or other people but I think at the end of the day it's about rising above that and being super conscious about how you um, conduct yourself mm-hmm. and your deal your business dealings and I think that it's really about um, you know, making people happy. Yeah. Because that's really the ultimate, you know, at the end of the day, that's what you're here to do. Mm-hmm. I think that obviously, yes, it's important to make money. It's important to um, enrich your businesses mm-hmm. and to make sure that you're going in a direction that is successful with your businesses and always financially, yeah. um, you know, what your what your message is, mm-hmm. how it affects your brand. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's really, we are strategic. We don't do anything in a vacuum. I learned that from my wife, who mm-hmm. is an amazing, brilliant 
you know, producer and creative director and so many other things with Universal Music. And then I got her, mm -hmm. thank God, because she, all these artists that she blew up all yep. over the world, you know, and, and had this amazing effect on mm -hmm. and her genius, I got that. So, um, yeah, I, you know, for me, it's just about now taking that. And as she taught me, we don't do anything in a vacuum. There has to be a strategy behind everything you do. And it's got to be thought out. Mm -hmm. And it's got to be well executed. Yeah. And I think those are the things that, you know... Um, and you have to be passionate about it. Absolutely. It has to make you happy when you get up in the, in, you know, in the mm -hmm. morning, you have to be happy about what you're about yep. to go do in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, because it's, you know, for every action, there's a reaction, yep. you know, and there's cause and effect. And I think that you're a big part of that. Each of us is a big part of that. Yeah. So we have to be very conscious about how we, um, move about our lives. Wow. So ABC Family Food Fight. Yes. How did you decide, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this. What drew you to that? And it's such a great, you know, grouping of people. It's you, Graham Elliott, Aisha Curry. Yeah. It was, you know, such a fantastic opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I love Aisha, adore her and her family. And Graham, I've known for, like, he's like a brother because mm -hmm. I've known him for 20 years. Yeah. And we've been in, you know, running the same circles and done the same events and things. So, you know, I had a lot of respect for both of them. And I think the respect was mutual around yeah. the table you know with all of us and we had the best time on that show and the people I mean I think what drew me was food and family because mm -hmm. really at the end of the you know it, you know where I'm at in my life today yeah. and where I've come from and where I am now it, you know at the, it, at the end of it all at the end of the day what I look at is the most important thing for me now in my life is food and family yeah you know, our family and food. Mm -hmm. It's the most important thing. My children, our children, our six boys, um, my wife, our extended family. I mean, because that's what you have, yeah. you know, that's what's real. Mm -hmm. And you can always look to your family to ground you, yeah. you know, and, and to bring it back. And, you know, mm -hmm. that's where it gets real, you know? And I think that that's, I always look to my family. They're kind of a beacon for me to know my direction. And I think that, um, you know, that's really why I wanted to do the show. I know that's why I wanted to do the show yeah. because it was all about these families coming together and who really loved each other, who mm -hmm. cooked together all the time. Yeah. And they were competing, you know, for, yes, they didn't. It, it was amazing to see these families because I think that, yes, the money was big yeah. and it was important and it's life changing for mm -hmm. a lot of people. But I think they just wanted to cook together and they just wanted to win for the reason that they, yeah. they could say, I won this mm -hmm. together with my family and make their family proud. And that was really cool. And they were so wonderful each of them were so different from so different so many it was a melting pot of different heritages mm -hmm. and traditions and recipes and and personalities and I think that that was so special to that show that it was it made it so enriched you know for us as an experience and we met everybody was so fascinating and wonderful wow. well living in an age now where social media is such a huge component for everyone to showcase their their items and what they do and getting to know more about them as a person how important do you think for chefs that are coming up or just people who just like yourself that you've always been killing it how important is that component to where we are now yeah I mean I think that that's super important I think that it's been really great for us I mean Nicole and I are learning so much about social media because there was a time you know I don't know a, a lot of people are going to be like what you know but there was a time where there was no social media exactly it wasn't even a word we knew right. you know or two <laughs> words we knew um and I know that's hard to believe now but um so there was a big 
chunk of my career where we didn't even have social media. Yeah. You know, it was literally, um, you know, telephone, text, you know, computer, email, mm-hmm. things like that. That's how you communicated. So I think that this has been so fun for us to learn about social media and continue to learn. And each day there's something new. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is a great way to go right into people's homes, right yeah. into their, right in front of them and be like, here I am. Mm-hmm. This is who I am. I'm doing this today. I'm cooking with my kids. We're making homemade pasta. Join us. It's like really this such an amazing one-on-one interaction. Although you're an interaction with a million people, exactly. there, it's one-on-one yeah. in the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, for all of us. Even when I'm looking at someone's, you know, video that I admire, mm-hmm. you know, it's one-on-one in that moment. And I think that's what's so cool is you get this one-on-one connection and and it's such an intimate connection with people that you really admire yeah. and you get to see their lives. It's you're very it's very voyeur, voyeuristic mm-hmm. because you get to see into their lives and what they're doing in yeah. their home and and what they do when they're not an actor on a screen exactly. or they're not a musician and they're not a chef you mm-hmm. get to see who they really are at home and just hanging out with their family and I think that that's really there's something special about that because I think it makes the world smaller mm-hmm. in a good way yeah um, and I think it brings us all you know people from around the world together yeah. in this one place of intimacy that in connection mm-hmm. that you wouldn't have otherwise so Absolutely. we use it for everything and every day we're learning something new and really you know on board and and having the best time with it and mm-hmm. you know I find myself stopping for selfies stop for this and I'm Instagramming my food and yeah. you know uh, yeah it's a lot of you know a lot of interaction but I think that at the end of the day it's really beneficial Absolutely. for connecting with other people around mm-hmm. the world well you have a number of cookbooks under your belt is there anything that you're working on now that our readers can find out about or should keep their eyes out for or checking your social media for? yeah they I mean I have three cookbooks and a memoir and we are working on another cookbook for next year mm-hmm. they, I can't tell you what it is yet mm-hmm. but the, it'll be good when yep. you when you see it and mm-hmm. we're I'm, I'm super proud of the, the idea and the concept yeah. and what we're doing with it because I think it's going to be um, I think it's going to be a little disruptive mm-hmm. which is cool which is you know fair. which is a good thing mm-hmm. and I I think that yeah definitely the listener you, you know you guys all you know look out check my instagram you know for any updates and mm-hmm. yeah it would be coming out wow. hopefully next year i mean that's amazing so licensing is also massive yes um are you having any new products that are coming out fun partnerships that you can talk about we are definitely doing some partnerships i just launched um a caviar line with california caviar wow so um i actually just did rachel ray today and mm-hmm. you know we're doing something really cool on on the show around it so people can check that out That's you know exciting. and uh, but I just launched it's called um, Creme by Kat Cora and so it's this beautiful mm-hmm. caviar it's mm-hmm. American white sturgeon caviar yep. and it's farm raised here we actually is through with Cal in partnership with California caviar mm-hmm. it's a all woman run company really believe it or not wow. and which I think is That's super amazing, amazing. Mm-hmm. and they're, they're so dynamic and I never I always loved caviar but I never I didn't I've never one knew how it was made really Mm -hmm. and they brought it to our house we made caviar I have such a much bigger appreciation for how it's made how it's harvested you know because it is very time consuming in a good way I mean Mm -hmm. they're getting every because you have you're talking about little tiny fish eggs so Mm -hmm. you have to be really delicate with them so it's amazing to get a tin of caviar made you know or three tins of caviar Mm -hmm. made and you're just going wow that is incredible the process so it's um, I think it's such a, a, a great it's a sustainable product which I'm very proud mm-hmm. of, um, and 
I think that it's much more approachable for people. Yeah. The reason I wanted to do it, one of the main reasons, because I wanted to make it more affordable for people mm-hmm. and I wanted to make it approachable. Exactly. Because I think people have kind of this, ooh, caviar is too fancy for me. I mm-hmm. can't, I, I would never be able to afford it. Yeah. I'd never be able to use it. But I think that's why I really was most interested, not only their whole history of the company and mm-hmm. that it was woman you know, run and owned. And, you know, I think, but I think it was because it was such a beautiful product made sustainably and it's approachable for almost anyone. And I mean, with caviar, I don't know if people know this, but you know, it has so many amazing omega oils in it, but also in such a small, you know, two tablespoons has seven grams of protein and it has only five grams of fat. And it really is a lot of vitamins Mm -hmm. and all of these incredible minerals and vitamins that you get from that, especially because of the fish oils, Mm -hmm. very healthy and beneficial for people. Wow. I had no idea it had protein in it, but that totally makes sense. Yep. Seven grams and two tablespoons. Wow. Okay. Well, that's exciting. There you go. I love eating it on my salad. And you can. Potato chips. Like. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Potato chips and, and, you know, sour cream That's is right. one of the best ways to eat it. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. My little Indiana in me that yeah, comes there out. there you go. <laughs> so you have so much that's going on. And I'm sure there's like plus, plus, plus asterisk. And you have your wife. You have your kids. How do you take time for yourself just to make sure that you're checking in with you? Yeah. I mean, well, I work out every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's one of my things. I've always worked out. I mean, you know, I have, because of my degree in exercise physiology. Mm-hmm. and nutrition it's always wellness has always been a big part of my life since really you know when I was in my teens and then I went to college I kind of put on that you know extra 15 mm-hmm. 10 15 and I was like you know I gotta do something about this I can't uh, <laughs> this isn't working um and so I said all right I'm gonna start I'm gonna start getting in shape mm-hmm. and it really just became a lifestyle mm-hmm. and now I do treat it as a lifestyle yeah. and so I treat it just like I would you know I'm gonna get up and take a shower this morning I'm gonna get up and work out I yeah. go to a meeting I'm gonna schedule in a workout because mm-hmm. that's you know part of my job as well Absolutely. you know to stay healthy for my family so I just look at it like that and I think that if people can look at it as like this is something I need to do not mm-hmm. that it's a luxury it's not mm-hmm. an add-on it yes. really is something that you can add in to, and you know it doesn't you don't have to spend the whole day actually you know it can be just a 30 minute you walk mm-hmm. you know I started getting in shape because I started walking yeah. that was how I got in shape wow. walking yeah. and it wasn't going out and really immediately hitting the you know elliptical or the gym or this it was literally through walking I got in shape and I lost that 15 pounds and then I just kept going you know and so I just Stay regulated. I still enjoy myself. I, I really look at the 80-20 rule for myself, yeah. and you know we kind of live by that. So mm-hmm. it's eighty percent of the time. Sometimes it's ninety. Sometimes it's yeah. seventy. Mm-hmm. If I'm on vacation, they might be 70, 30. Mm-hmm. But I try to on a regular basis stay in that eighty twenty, where I'm eating clean about eighty percent of the time, and then mm-hmm. I have fun where I'm enjoying myself. You know where I want to have an indulgent, mm-hmm. you know, night out or yeah. what have you. So I think that that's if you can kind of give yourself permission to still enjoy food but then make smart choices 80% of the time and Mm -hmm. I think that you know you have you're already ahead of the game and I will say that really exercising eating healthy or eating healthy at least 80% of the time goes hand in hand yeah you know you always say you can't exercise off a bad diet Mm -hmm. but you also really need that hand in hand exercise to go with you know eating healthy and and trying to just 
even if it's a you know making little baby step strides you know it's to start Mm. to start doing that but that's that's really for me i take time and exercise i love baths i love my bubble baths Mm -hmm. i take a lot of those when i can yep and you know i always try what i've learned as well over the years is that you have to have find some kind of semblance of balance so you know there is there is a real need for us all to slow down and take at least a half a day off if not a day off Mm -hmm. if you can take two days off a week great if you get the weekends off i don't always really I mean, we're always working, so yeah. I have to find that day. But I'm always, you know, I always say to Nicole, who you know, we work together. So I was like, let's, we got to schedule on our day off. When's our day off this week? You know, when's our half a day where we're going to go get a massage? We might get a mani pedi. Mm-hmm. We may just go for a walk together. Yeah. We may go to a museum and just do something mm-hmm. mindless where we're just looking at beautiful art that yeah. we love to do, mm-hmm. or go to the theater, or go to a nice dinner. So I think that, you know, that's. Tonight, we're, we're talking about, we're having this interview. I mean, we're going to go out and have date night tonight. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's some way where we can just kind of unwind, exactly. rejuvenate, and, you know, mm. just really come back to that balance and exactly. that, that grounded yeah. place. What are your favorite workouts or methods that you like to do? I like to mix it up because I've been working out now for many, many years. Mm-hmm. So my, I find that my body, at least, you know, and I think exercise is individual to each yeah. person, you know, mm-hmm. not, it's not a one size fits all exactly. for everybody. And I think that the way that I, I will tell you this, if I exercise in one way, one mm-hmm. mode, like say I do the elliptical for five days, my body gets used to the elliptical. Exactly. Yeah. So then I've got to get off the elliptical and go for a run instead, yeah. or I go mm-hmm. do CrossFit or I'll go do soul cycle with, yeah. you know, my wife mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever it is. Is. Exactly. We'll mix it up. Um, I love to get on my my bike. I have a road bike that I love to. I love cycling, outdoor cycling. Oh wow! Um, I don't have the time to do that as much as I like, but mm-hmm. I really love doing that as well when I can. But you know, it's just about mixing it up, and because your body will get used to a certain exercise. Oh yeah. And then it, it's not as effective. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't mean you can't go back to that exercise, but do you do want to mix it up? Absolutely. You do want to change gears a little bit because you're so you're you know throw your body off a little bit in a good way, mm-hmm. and your body will go. Oh, I'm going to start working that muscle. Oh, I'm going to start burning a little bit of calories here or there, you know. So I think it's really good to mix it up, and I love doing that. And I, I get bored yeah, you know, easily, same. you know, so I have to do that. I have to do something I'm like, yeah, oh, exactly. okay, a little different. Yeah. So you travel a lot, clearly. Yes. What are three items that you like in your carry-on to either make the flight more comfortable or to give you a sense of home when you're in, you know, different hotel rooms and different things like that? Hmm. What do I like to always have? I always have, definitely have my, my earbuds mm-hmm. I always have those um ooh, I always have a nice comfy pair of socks to nice. throw on to put on you know usually and um what else I always have a good book just in case mm-hmm. you know I usually I always just like to keep a good book you know I still like to read a book like exactly. that like flipping, and, that like flipping that page sometimes <laughs> so I always have like to have a good book um that I can keep with me even if I don't get to use it then I'm still if I get to read a few pages I'm happy you exactly. know it relaxes me <laughs> okay well I'll tell you this is number four that I had to throw in I had to throw in a fourth one because this is something that I I always carry a little cooler bag with healthy snacks in them. Mm. Always. Wow. Even if we're flying first class and mm-hmm. we're going to get meals, I still carry my healthy snacks. I carry almonds for us. I carry fruit for us, berries. I carry, you know, some protein bars, um, you know, what have you. I always carry, you know, a lot of healthy snacks mm-hmm. in, in my bag and put a little cooler bag in there and just go. Because I think that, 
you always find yourself, it never fails. I always find ourselves, you know, my wife and I, and I like to try to keep her on a healthy track. Mm -hmm. So I always have something for her because if she gets hungry, I don't want her to grab the potato chip bag Mm -hmm. necessarily. Doesn't mean, remember that 20%. Yeah, you can in that 20%, Mm -hmm. but not all the time. And I want her to be happy and, and I want to stay, you know, cognizant, you know, Mm -hmm. and have some brain food, if you will, um, because we're on the go constantly. You got to keep your energy up. So I always like to carry things for us so that we always have something Mm -hmm. that's healthy, you know, as an alternative. And I always say to people, you know, just do that. Just take a few minutes and pack a few things Mm -hmm. so that you don't grab the first thing you, you know, empty calories and something that you go, dang, why did I do that? I'm so mad at myself. This way you can just be guilt free. You can always have something. You always stay happy. I find that, you know, when you're hungry, when we all get hungry, we get irritable. Oh yeah. You know, or we get our energy drops tremendously. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's just a way to always keep your energy up and always, you know, stay positive and and have kind of a positive outlook on things. Oh, I have something really yummy that Mm -hmm. I love from my own refrigerator with me. And it's kind of a comfort of home too. It gives you a little comfort. can't wait to sit with you again to share another great story with you at Athleisure Kitchen. Athleisure Kitchen is a part of Athleisure Studio, our multimedia podcast network, which is the division of Athleisure Media and whose sister site is Athleisure Mag. Get the latest episode by listening, following and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Premium, Himalaya or your preferred podcast platform. Find out additional information by checking out the show notes. You can stay in the loop on who future guests are by visiting us at athleisurestudio.com backslash athleisure kitchen and on Instagram at athleisure kitchen and at athleisure studio. I'm your host, Kimmy Smith. Athleisure Kitchen is executive produced by Paul Farkas and myself and is mixed by the team at Athleisure Studio. We'll be back with another episode, so make sure that you set an extra plate for us.